Welcome to this week's edition of the Michigan Bros Grow Show. Today's guest is Kana Kate. Welcome, Kate. Hello. We are here today basically because we had met up with you at one of the events that we had gone to recently. And you really had a lot of good energy and a good vibe. So we reached out and said, hey, man, you want to record with us? Yeah, that was cool shit. I think it was Eagle that spotted me at the uh, summer burnout thing and yelled out my Instagram name. And that's always cool. Um, I've met Eagle like a couple times at a couple events before. So uh, it's funny. Eagle's one of the very first people that I met in the Michigan cannabis community. I met him at the Cannabis Cup a couple of years ago. Great dude. Yeah, super nice. Yeah, and that's who he is. He's just super nice and uh, warm to everybody. He's turned a lot of people onto our show you included and uh gotten people to interview with us and and brought them into our circle like you saw at, at that summer burnout it was a good time yeah absolutely after um your show after summer burnout he dm'd me and was like we talked about you on the show but i'm not telling you when so i actually listened to it twice but like i don't i move around a lot you know so i missed both times that you talked about it so then he sent me the part of it and i was like just like that was so funny. Like, you know, it was so nice the stuff you guys were saying. Yeah, we'll have people that'll say, "Hey, we we listened to the show three times with a notepad, and we're still picking stuff up." So it's really nice that uh, we get the knowledge in there for people. It's kind of hard to get it all, though. Sure. Well, we try to focus on. I mean, look, the Michigan cannabis community is fucking huge, man. That's not. I mean, there's room for twenty five more shows just like this because there are that many people out there. But what Sequence and I have tried to do is to focus on people with really good energy, people that are going places, people that are doing things, people that interest us. We figure if it interests us, it'll probably interest our listeners. I got a little garden in my house that I'm still new at growing, I would call myself. So I'm learning a lot about that, like how to how not to overwater is my theme right now. Um, I do BHO extractions. So that's cool. I'm pretty interested in learning solventless tech, like the uh, hash washing and rosin. Like I think that that's, I don't know, beating up hash with a baseball bat seems fun to me. Um, We've got some people for you to talk to. Oh yeah? <clears throat> Who would you recommend I learn from? Our friend Old Man Hermit Hash makes uh, really good five and six star hash. He's got a freeze dryer and does the whole process. Eagle also makes really good hash. And Red um, Setter on our show makes hash too. Yeah, Old Man Hermit Hash and I have like a weird connection. Like we were both previously social workers. So Yep, yep. At, we talked to him um, about that on his episode. At Summer Burnout, that was the first time that I had really gotten a chance to chat with him and I think I would, I would get along hanging out with him for a while and learning some stuff. Yeah, he's a good time. Um, I drove him to burnout and back, so I got to spend some quality time with old man in, in the car. Yeah, I think that we're like, I, I'm going to say like weathered in the same way at life, just the way that that kind of job does to you. So I think he Jaded is the word that always comes to mind for me. But that word has a negative connotation, too. It's like, um, like I don't necessarily think my perspective now is a bad thing. You know what I mean? I think that if I hadn't done that job, I would be far less understanding of people and, like, far more sheltered than I am now. Like, it exposes you to, like, just every aspect of 
human life. You're seeing people at their worst day ever, you know, and you have to be like compassionate, but like tough. So it's just, I don't know. I think I'm better for it. And I think jaded kind of means that you're like reluctant towards things or. I feel like it's jaded towards the system. It's very easy to become jaded and to become desensitized to seeing trauma day after day after day after day. And that can lead to some internal issues as well as external issues. Oh, absolutely. I mean, so shortly before I left the state, I had an investigation where like I was in the room with like a deceased infant for like, I don't know, three hours and like stuff like that is just, I don't know, you know, like you're, you never think in your life that you're going to be doing shit like that. And then to just have to be like, well, you know, what's the next step in doing this case is just, it's just a lot. And it was a lot, like I started doing it when I was 23, I did it for eight years in a row. And there's stuff like every family you come in contact with that comes up again, you get questioned like why you did things the way you did. And you're like, I don't know, it was the best I thought I could do at the time, you know? So there's just like, like compounding stress from it. I got a, I literally got a phone call yesterday about a case that I, from my old boss, from a case that I had, I don't know, five years ago. I was like, I don't know, man, you know, but like, it just follows you in like a very real way and then a very internal way. But like I said, I don't necessarily- For sure, sometimes- off for it. I can't remember what I did two weeks ago, let alone what happened six years ago. Right? Yeah, it was like, I kind of recognize that kid's name, but like, I don't fucking know, man. <laughs> but it also, like, I think it's made me understand just like the system a little bit better too, you know, like, like the licensing process and like all of that shit, because I worked in that bureaucracy and I understand how those people work. And I understand the people making the decisions have like absolutely no idea how things actually work. You know what I mean? If you read like, the MMFLA and stuff, even like how they planned on things. You're like, oh, you can tell that nobody logistically thought any of this shit through, you know, like with the transporters and all of that shit. But also there's stuff like, I know I worked with cops for a long time and prosecutors and judges. So like, I'm far more comfortable with like that aspect of things and like the, um, I don't know, like, uh, okay, so here's a good story. At one time, my, my buddy got um, charged with some shit for like a plant count violation and um, spent a couple of days in the Wayne County Jail because they kept fucking up his paperwork. And I was going in there day after day to try to help get him out. And so they kind of recognized my face <clears throat> and they knew who I had been asking about, you know? So one of the days that I was in there waiting for them to talk to me, I heard them like giving each other shit about buying chicken nuggets and not bringing them back for the other people there. So on the day that my buddy's getting out on a tether, I go to McDonald's and buy like a hundred dollars worth of chicken nuggets and bring them up there like 20 minutes before they're scheduled to start letting them out. And I'm like, Hey, I heard you guys talking about chicken nuggets. I just wanted to thank you for being so nice to me while I was annoying you all week. So like, you know, here's like a shitload of chicken nuggets for you boys. Empathy. Thy name is nugget. (laughs) yeah exactly um but so then as soon as they pull them all out they were like buddy come up to the front and they like pushed him through the little orientation thing like had him sign all the shit and stuff 
he got his little ankle bracelet thing on first, was out the door first. And it's like, I don't know, I think my like history of like fucking bumming around with cops doing CPS shit definitely made me more comfortable doing things like that, you know what I mean? And his like tether shit went really well. Like his agent was really nice to him. So No, I listened to that story and what I'm hearing is the similarities between like being an advocate for someone as well as being an advocate for a patient. And I see the overlap there. Well, I don't know. I kind of try to approach everybody like, I think everybody is generally trying to do their best. You know what I mean? And even if they're not like putting a ton of effort into it, it's probably the most effort that they like can at that time. So like being a little bit nice to people or going like a little bit out of your way for people does a lot because not a lot of people are willing to do that for each other. It's always weird to me when people are like, oh my gosh, this person's so nice. Like it's like a rare thing. You know what I mean? Like it's far more common to, for people to be assholes to each other than to be like a little bit nice or a little bit compassionate or a little bit friendly. Yeah, these days people get surprised when you hold the door for them and stuff. Oh, for sure. I like, so as a female, I like holding the door for men because they don't know what to do. You know what I mean? Like, they don't know how to, like, respond to my, my gentlemanly behavior. It makes me speed up. That's what you, that's what you do to me. <laughs> you rush? <laughs> I gotta make this as le least awkward as possible. <laughs> the secret is to hold the next door for you as the man. See, there's usually two inner doors. You get the first one. I got the second one. Yeah, and then you gotta say, you gotta make a joke about taking turns or some shit. I like small talking with people too. Like, a majority of the conversations I have with people are like two minutes with a gas station attendant. You know what I mean? Because I think, like, I, I don't know, it's just you can cheer people up super easily. One of my favorite things to do this September has been like honking at the GM workers on strike. Um, Cause like they gotta be fucking sick of standing outside now. You know what I mean? And they get super excited when you honk. And it's not even like I support their cause. I'm not saying that I don't, but like just like fucking human solidarity. You know what I mean? It's been, it's just a nice. I've always believed in random acts of kindness. And like probably seven, eight years ago, what I used to do is whenever I'd be driving along, if I seen somebody outside, I would give them the friendly beep beep honk. And then I would wave like a motherfucker at them. Not because I know uh -huh. them, but just to watch them wave back and then stand there looking like, I don't know who this dude is. Exactly. <laughs> when you honk at people now, they duck and stuff. <laughs> they clap back at you. Well, it's, where you live. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about holding doors. Like, if so, there's some people, if I hold the door and say, you know, here you go, ma'am, they'll be like, don't call me a ma'am. You know, I'm not 50 or whatever. That's like, okay, Let's I'm simmer sorry. down. I'm trying to be. <laughs> you just never know. So after your your work with the state, what got you into working with cannabis? You jumped into working in uh, extracts before you did flower. I think that that's pretty fascinating. Well, so I had, I knew I wanted to like quit my job at the state and I had some medical issues. So I'd started using cannabis again um, because I was nauseous all the time and I couldn't really eat. So in like using cannabis, I had started talking to a lawyer um, who had wanted to like start his own cannabis law firm. So I was like familiar with the legal system in a sense, like familiar with petition writing and 
court processes and all of that stuff. So that was a good segue. And then um, that didn't really work out. So I had started uh, running somebody else's caregiver grow house. And that was like, not a great situation, but I learned a lot, like mostly not like what not to do. Um, as far as like newts and watering schedules and a whole bunch of shit. Um, and then after that ended, I, I got an opportunity to start extracting or like actually work, like helping out in a lab. And then I like asked a lot of questions and like obviously wanted to be able to like touch shit. So they were kind of like, oh, you seem like you might be able to pick this up. Like, you know what I mean? And kind of let me take on stuff. And so that was super cool. You just asked the kind of the right questions the uh, and got people interested in what you had to say. Yeah, actually, so one of the uh, dudes that I was extracting with would always be like, you ask smart questions. And I was like, oh, cool. And he, so he would say that, like, the questions that I was asking, he could tell that I understood, like, the process or whatever. Like, well, you give a cool. shit, you know? That matters yeah. to people, too, yeah. And I've always been, like, I'm curious about, like, everything, you know what I mean? And that's part of it, too. Like, when people are like, oh, what's your, like, passion right now? And it's like... I don't know, I'm interested in a whole bunch of shit, you know what I mean? Like, there's a whole bunch of stuff that I would like to be able to do or that interests me just as much as anything else. That was, like, my problem picking a major in college, you know what I mean? It's just, um... I like I'm pretty similar in that I keep picking stuff. up and putting down hobbies over and over, you know, because I never settle on one thing. Oh, for sure, like... Uh, I think it was Skillbo that mentioned you looked at my Etsy store, and that's the thing, like, I didn't even know it was up still. Because it was just yeah, for sure it, it is. Yeah, when I had more time, I like started making rolling trays because I wanted. I, this is honestly why I did it. I wanted to make one for myself, and I wanted an excuse to play with uh, epoxy resin. Um, you know which one was my. And I was favorite. like, oh, it'll make it like if I set a blunt down on it, it won't burn it. So then I was like, I made a bunch of them and put them up there, and like it was just kind of fun. And then I like stopped doing it because. I, I like my Etsy account kept fucking up the, the banking, so it just got annoying. So I stopped doing it. But like, I didn't even know it was up still. That's cool. Maybe I'll start doing it again for a minute. <laughs> I was going to say that my favorite one was the Duchess. I can hear my favorite one was, and then it cuts out. He said that his favorite one was the Duchess rolling tray. Oh, the. The old lady oh, looking old lady. at you with scorn. Yeah, so I will say that I I strongly feel that mixed media is, like, the least respectable form of art, or one of them. So, like, it's also kind of shameful that that's, like, oh, the artwork that I have out right now, or whatever. But um, I like, like, old magazines. I like old shit. So, like, I like going into, like, thrift stores and antique stores and, like browsing through shit so my favorite things to find are like old religious cartoons um because like they make like comic books and stuff um and they just have good drawings of stuff or like old um like time life will have just big pictures of interesting shit you know what i mean that you can turn into other stuff <laughs> Is that I feel like it's find... easy way to do that, though, for you to be able to have self-expression through collaging and things like that. And that is a legit, legitimate thing, especially in the 21st century, where one of our main modes of conversation and to communicate is to use memes. Memes are completely, you know what I mean, stolen ideas and shit. You're just recycling them. Absolutely. And it is, it's like, that's one of my favorite 
ways to communicate with people. Like I, your shit. meme game is strong, girl. <laughs> yeah, this I is funny out. because I was gonna ask you if you got your memes from the Time Life magazine, and then Scobo started asking you about your memes at the same time. <laughs> um, no, I go on like Imgur and Reddit and like. I know, I know you go Reddit because I, I see him like, I'm like, oh yeah, dude, I just fucking seen that one on Reddit. Look at her. She's on the ball. That shit came I out was, this morning. I screenshot him from other people's Instagram pages and stuff. Um, it's just like, I first started doing it because I thought they were funny. You know what I mean? So I'd be like, hi, posting memes. Like, hey. But then I started getting see, like a really positive response from people. Like people being like, this just made my day or like you always cheer me up. And so like, that was really cool because I had never really thought about it. Like helping other people. And now if I don't, if I don't post them for like a day, I'll get people to be like, where are you? Like what happened? Like it kind of created a I monster, look, but it's fun. But look uh, at the flip side of it. We all have somebody, especially if you're older, like I am and you used to have a Facebook or whatever, there are a lot of people that are exactly the opposite, that they're not positively charged, they're negatively charged. And every time you'll be reading along in your feed, you'll see it, you'll be like, oh, this fucking person again. But you, <laughs> when I'm scrolling along, I'm like, oh yeah, man, there's no drama here. This is good shit. Mm -hmm. I fucking dig this. You get a little blowback from some people for it, but I, I think they're being sensitive. I already, I'm not even gonna go down that road. You already know what I'm talking about. Oh, for sure. And that's, it's one of the things though, that like, I've never really been good at hiding my personality. And like, I'm a, one of those you people shouldn't. that you either like me or you don't, I think. And at this point, I'm fine with it. And it's kind of like a way of like, it's like filtering out people I don't want to fucking interact with. You know what I mean? Like, if you if you look through all of my shit, and you're like, Oh, this is hilarious, then we'll probably get along. But if you're offended by it, then you can just about your you're probably going to be offended by other parts for sure. Yeah, man, I'm good. Yeah, you're definitely going to be offended by the shit that I say when we hang out. So, like, you know, it's just, I don't know. I think it's funny, too, because I think that I'm, like, a pretty nice person, but I have, like, a mean sense of humor. So I think that I come off like a bitch a lot because I joke about everything. But it's, again, like, a, a coping mechanism from my past life of, like, dealing with traumatic shit, but also, like, it's a good way to relate to people and it's funny. <laughs> I say, keep doing it, man. It's I, I enjoy scrolling through, seeing it. There's a lot of other people that do, man. Keep putting positive out there and it'll keep coming right back at you. You'll be hey, I, like, look at it like this. You're, you put something up and you have a low day. Maybe I come along later on. And I'm like, dude, that's the funniest fucking shit that I've seen all week. That can give you like a positive charge back to your negative, you know what I mean? Mood and shit. And you created it initially by submitting it. And that's some high talking right there. Yeah, it's funny, too, because it is like a form of self-expression, kind of like you see something and you're like, oh, I feel like this. And then all of these people like relate to it. You know what I mean? So like it's a way of connecting with people and sharing your feelings. Like I'm good at talking about my opinions on things, but definitely not my like feelings necessarily. You know what I mean? So it's a way to like do that kind of but in like a, a very guarded way topographically <laughs> for sure yeah sequence what do you got for a question because i know you got one over there uh i would like to jump into growing probably um i know that you said that you have a small grow going now so i'm kind of curious what your method is if you're growing in soil or if you're growing synthetically how you're doing that um do you process the flower that you grow at home or do you mostly process stuff for other people? Uh, so my initial processing gig ended about three months ago. 
we just had issues with licensing and some other shit and just uh they decided not to continue that so um i've done some other like little side gig stuff and then like super exciting but yesterday actually i got um hooked up with like an opportunity so now i'll be able to start processing again after my little hiatus here for the last couple months and then i also am like nice nice getting, yeah i'm getting my hands on some um solventless equipment to use when i learn how to do that so i had my first round of flour from my own house that i had grown to extract came down the week after we stopped processing so it's actually in my freezer still so it'll get processed now and um what i would like to do is figure out how to do a solvent list real well and then just do kind of an in-house like my garden my processing and then work for other people when they want it there's a hell of a market for it as a caregiver that's constantly trying to find somebody reliable to uh, process my trim and you know extra flowers stuff like that it's really hard to find reliable people for that kind of thing yeah for sure and like people that aren't gonna fucking rip you off and like i don't know i like three times so far <laughs> oh for real yeah well i like people that, talking about percentages because it's like i don't know i do with bho 30 for trim and 35 for live resin was always like my idea of like a standard but there's people that do like 50 percent, and it's like how the how the fuck do you think that you are entitled to that much of it when you're yeah i agree so little of the process but but i you know everybody's got to make their living so it's interesting that you have that view from the processor's side i would think that you would be more skewed towards the 50 50 side no um it's like uh it's the same thing like when i'm flipping stuff you know what i mean like being able to middleman something, I don't think entitles me to like any huge amount of money. The first time I took my diamonds somewhere to get sold, and I won't say where, the dude tried to give me $5 a gram on them when he was making 45 Get and the fuck out of here. I'm not kidding. And I was like, you just put them in a jar, motherfucker. Like, that was my hard work and some growers hard work. You know what I mean? Like, I'm giving him well that pisses me off because of the up market on that. You know what I mean? They're basically making all profit. And it wasn't even like a a dispo. Like dispensaries, all of that shit always has like a double up. You know what I mean? Their wholesale is half half of what they're charging patients. Um but it was just it was like an event type setting. And just you know, but I, I I don't even mind shit like that because it's just like, oh, I just know not to interact with you now. You know what I mean? Like, I know not to deal with you. And then. Yeah, people always show that in different ways, but it's nice yeah, to get it in a subtle out. way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they always weed themselves out. Going for the short money instead of the long money. The sign of a fool. Yep. And like the willingness to fuck up a good relationship with somebody for like a couple bucks blows my mind. But yeah, I was gonna say that the money thing at all. If your focus is money over any of the people that you're involved with, you're probably doing it for the wrong reasons. I don't get along with money people. 
I get along with community people. If I can sit down and I can burn one with you and we can share a laugh, we're probably going to get along. Yeah, I've also found that like uh, most of the people, regardless of how it looks, aren't really like rolling in dough. You know what I mean? Like everybody has their moments when they're struggling because this industry is super up and down. You know what I mean? It's like you have like a cup where you make a shitload of money and then you got two months where you got like nothing, you know what I mean? Or like just your consistent people that hit you up for stuff. So like, well, I'm saying that as a small business owner that you have to remember to pay yourself, you can be an entrepreneur, but you can't work for free. And that's what people have to get through their heads is that you're trying to make a living just like they are. Yeah, that actually is one thing that I've had a really hard time with because I don't, I don't, I don't passion know how to pay, pay the bill. Yeah. Passion doesn't pay the bills. And just like, um, like how to, how to factor in my time and making edibles into like what to charge for them. You know what I mean? And how to price stuff and how to pay yourself from anything. Like I went from always having, uh, this is how much you get on Friday, every other week type job to like, Oh shit. You got to figure out how to buy a bunch of equipment for yourself or you got to, you know what I mean? Um, well, it's feast or famine, and that's what's so scary about it, yeah. is that when you have lived your entire adult life as a paycheck-to-paycheck -paycheck person, we know we're not getting rich with this, especially as a social worker. A little, little social work joke there for you. But, I mean, we're not. nobody's rolling in it. And you have to remember to pay yourself. You can't just let yourself get sucked down a hole or burned up or spit out <laughs> on the other side. Just, you know, because there are a number of people out there that are more than willing to fleece the fuck out of you. Absolutely. And I think too, there's a lot of people that are like very friendly and whatever, but they like, I don't know. I think that if you want to support your friends, small businesses, like you go buy their shit and you go support them. You know what I mean? Like you don't go wait for them to like give you free stuff. And I think that that's like, I don't know, a good, I don't want to say a good way to like weed people out or whatever, but like a good way to see people's intentions sometimes and dealing with them. Like, you know, kind of like how much how much do we build each other up or how much do we take from each other? That reminds me of two specific instances. One is with somebody who is a seed breeder from Cali that I know and I met him at a cup and I had gone around. I bought seeds at all these other places and he wasn't at his booth. So he finally shows up to his booth and I don't have enough money to buy the seeds. So I walked up to him. He's eating some food and uh, I was like, hey, man. I was hoping to fucking catch you earlier in the day. I didn't. I ended up buying some CBD seeds, but here's the scoop. Can you sell me a sticker? And I gave this motherfucker $60 for a sticker, right? And he was like, no, bro, I can't. I can't take $60 from you. I was like, dude, just please take it, man. I want to support you. I really, really, I dig what you're doing and shit. So he ended up flipping me not one pack, but two packs for free. Now you could say that, well, that's a smart thing. You should do that with everybody, but it's because I'm genuinely trying to support people the other person is dabsmiths when i ran into him i bought a bunch of concentrates from him you know what i mean i i didn't go up to him like hey man we did this show and like it'd be really cool if no fuck that man everybody's trying to make a fucking living and you need to respect people in the community and you need to respect how much hard work that everyone is putting in on their end absolutely so i just did a bong rip what are you guys smoking on tonight Blueberry muffins, and it's so fucking nice, man.
I have a blunt of some love triangle from JD the Sample King. Oh, I don't know triangle. what that is. Love triangle is, hold on, let me think for a second. It sounds like a maneuver, right? Um, it's Snow Lotus times Triangle Kush by um, Bodie. Yeah, the Snow Lotus is Bodie. Nice. Yeah, it's super nice. It grows really like dreaded is I think the term for it. Um, so it's like these like long, skinny, sticky branches. And everybody that I've like smoked it with or like given a little bit to like absolutely loves it. So like, yeah, it's been a good one. I'm not sick of it yet, which is always nice. Do you have several keepers or only a few? Uh, this one was, I didn't even grow this one. Um, I have a good, I have a good selection right now in my personal garden. I have a really nice cut of Durban poison. I have a really nice cut of Cushmints. I have um, uh, the rest of the stuff. I'm not super excited about. To be honest with you, those are my two favorites. But someone told me to ask you about your Durban poison. I don't know who, but someone told me to ask you about it. What about it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. But what makes it a keeper for you? Is it like really? Um, really heavy on the terps i know that um who was it that had the durban scobo was it uh for Frigoli? yeah for goalie's durban yeah okay and Mason grew. so when i first got my med card i started going to dispensaries and i was like legitimately trying to find strains that would help me be able to eat more and to not be nauseous so i'd go and buy like a gram of every kind of weed that they had and then I would, this is so dorky, I would sit and read like leafly reviews and shit of them to like see what characteristics they had and like what what THC varieties they had. And like, um, then I would look at other strains that had similar qualities to the ones that I liked. So I kept like Durban poison just kept popping up in like basically like the recommended strains or whatever. Um, and then I... It's funny I that feel you, you because I did that too. I did that for the first three years that I was trying to, you know, be a patient. I was like, okay, I know what's fucking wrong with me. And I know that there are certain strains that are going to help me. So I went through, I mean, so many different sites, not just Leafly, but, you know, like uh, KG, uh, Kind Good Buds, KGB site, all of those, man. And it's, it's yep. like the further you go down the rabbit hole, the more you start to realize that a lot of it is just smoke and mirrors and anybody can say anything on Leafly. It doesn't necessarily make it like a gospel thing. So it's frustrating as a patient to try to find medicine that's going to work for you. So buying that one gram of so many different things, girl, I, I, that's what I did. You know, so I can't knock you for it. I mean, got me where I'm getting. And I got to try a lot of really, really kind bud that way. Yeah. And it's you just figure out what you like. You know what I mean, and at that point, like having had a professional career for eight years, like I hadn't, I, I didn't smoke when I was a social worker. So like I did in college, but it, you know what I mean? That was like, you get a bag from your buddy and you don't know what it's called. So it was just a very different experience, like starting to do it again. You know what I mean? I, I took my first dab less than a year before I started making extracts. Like I got into everything super fast, but, um, Free Growly was actually the first people that I ever found that had Durban and they had like pre-rolls. So I like told them my little like quest for it. And I was like, this is the first time I get to try it. So they gave me like a bunch of them at the end of the night that they hadn't sold um, because I was so excited about them. 
and then I've gotten their uh, concentrates a couple times. Yeah, he's a huge hit with us, and so is the FMP Canopy. You know, that's good people. Absolutely. All, actually, every fucking one of them is a good person. Every one of them. I, you know, I always try to seek them out as soon as I get to the cup because I know they're going to sell out fastest. You know what I mean? So you got to get there, but they're always kind. They take time. They talk to you. They're genuine, and they make some great products. Even oh, the edibles sure. are fucking top notch. Super good dudes too. They're super nice. Like the first cup that I worked, one of them. Um, oh god, I feel I don't remember their names, but the one with the beard was like just walking back and forth in front of the booth both days, and I was like, dude, that's like a dedicated worker. And then I figured out at the end of the two days that he was one of the like one of the dudes, and I was like, holy shit, like he busted his ass. And like I know the other two are working just as hard, but it's like they're one of the people that their their passion for it shows like in their products and in their attitudes and in their fan base i've always felt they were a great representation of the michigan not only cannabis community but the concentrate community as well absolutely yeah and then i got my cut of durban poison from double d which i don't know where he got it from but um that's just one of the like one of the things that's been super cool for me in this industry too, like I've had good opportunities and I've had good, like people do super solid favors for me and stuff. You know what I mean? Like I've just had access to a lot of really cool shit that I'm grateful for. Going back to the nausea and strains to look into, I'll drop a breadcrumb on you. Um, there are certain cuts of Bubba Kush that work really, really well for my daughter. She has Crohn's. So she has a lot of issues with uh, nausea and, uh, everything else so a good good bubba kush may really give you some relief on that interesting i'll definitely check that out thank you so what do you think so far this is good i like it <laughs> it's, it's as relaxed as i told you it'd be man yeah for sure i do feel bad about calling him the big one with the beard though but whatever <laughs> i was like i don't know how else to describe this i believe Gentlemen. we're talking about for girly himself <laughs> yeah i think so yeah She's like, fuck, god damn it. But you're right, that is the guy, you know, he's the guy. <laughs> yeah, but dude, he was like marching back and forth and like was fucking like yelling and shit. And I was like, dude, they like picked the right guy to do this for him. But then no, he was like out there busting ass. I love watching his older videos, man. That's just so much information. And this is a chance for me to plug the previous episode that we did with Fergoli. You can also check out the episode we just recently did with Mason Grew as well. There's a whole lot of uh, information out there for you guys to you know sift back through. Yeah. So, Skilbo, you said something about like information on Leafly not necessarily being correct, and that is yes. one of the things that like does kind of bother me about this industry because I know that people will like take shortcuts some in shitty ways sometimes you mean like oh i had this like here's how i break it down i say it like this i know that if i sit down in a group of 10 people to have a sesh that if we all smoke the same bong let's say okay it's going to affect all 10 of us differently so it's in the first place you don't know exactly what your endocannabinoid system is working with the whole key to a lock thing 
You know what I mean? So you can get some ideas and you can say, well, I really think I need to focus on, let's say you want to focus on THCV because you have PTSD or you want to focus on CBG or whatever. So then you can go to somewhere like PSI labs or some kind of testing place and you can start looking at, you know, things that are high in those and then try to backtrace and not just go, well, okay, for Groly's, uh, Durban poison tests really high in THCV. So I need to get Durban poison. Well, hold up. Wait a minute. Now, if you get carried away, you could just go get any random ass, you know, Durban poison, which is an older quote unquote Landry strain that's been around for 40 years at least. So we don't know which cut of that or what the actual cannabinoid content of the cut or clone or smoke that you're going to get is so it's it's it seems like it should be a cut and dry thing but there are so many variables that you really just need to get out there roll your sleeves up and smoke a shit ton of fucking weed yeah, absolutely well and you got people that'll be like you know i have this weird ass cut of whatever and it tastes more like this so now i'm going to call it that or there are lots of people Not that do cheats with extracts that like i just don't like like there's, um, you know, that like they'll call it like terp sugar or like sand or whatever. And it's like real fine white crystals, like powdery looking crystals, but not necessarily powdery. They're kind of wet looking. You know what I'm talking about? Well, I was going to ask you, is that the one that's on your feed that people were asking if you add that to food? Is that what you're talking about? Oh, so that was like powdered distillate, basically, which... Um, I can talk about in a second, but it'll be like a smokable concentrate. Like they sell it in this or the like THCA powder. Right on. I'm old. I'm catching on. Um, yeah. So it's one of the dabs, but it's something that like, so if you have like a slab of wax that sugars up or, ooh, I'm giving away secrets right now. Or if you like pour your shit off into Pyrex, but it doesn't quite crystal up or you whatever any number of things you can put that fucked up run um even if it's really dark you can put it into like a centrifuge with a little filter in it and then centrifuge it and it'll pull all of the terps down to the bottom of the centrifuge and leave all of this like thca sand looking shit at the top on the top of the filter and then they scrape that out and sell it as a dab but then it's i don't know i just feel like something that's slightly dishonest and maybe that's what people are looking for sometimes but that's not ever what they think they're getting, I don't think. You know what I mean? I think there's like a lot of misinformation about what products are. And a lot of times people call stuff different things. You know what I mean? Like you call it whatever the person called it that you learned it from. You know what I mean? Like terminology is not consistent across the industry. Yeah, I think for extracts, for it to be like. Yeah, and people just make it up. Oh, absolutely. Make it up as you go. <laughs> well, I've actually read the articles and been like, okay, so what is the difference between these things? What is, what is it? The HS, HCFSC, the uh, high terpene one, then there, I mean, there's just so many different things. And, you know, you have to really realize that they are chemically different than each other. There are different things that have gone on with these. You know, they should affect you differently, I would assume, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, also, like, the the difference between getting high from Pico to BHO to rosin to distillate, you know what I mean? Like, those are very different highs. Just, like, 
the smoking high to the edible high is very different. Um, I would really like to try rosin. I've never tried that before. Never we can tried fix that, that for sure, yeah. Yeah, well, it seems like it's the cleanest method to me. Like, I'm dumb at a lot of these things. I'm not very well versed in science, but uh, I'm really fucking enthusiastic. So that kind of makes up for it. But, uh, you know, it seems to me that you could either do like a dry sift or the rosin and you're like, you're not adding anything. So as a patient, if you have a compromised immune system or, you know, whatever's wrong with you, those are some options that maybe you want to look into. Absolutely. You get like a different spectrum too from different extracts, like different solvents are better at picking up different um, terpenes and, you know, so it's just, it's a personal preference thing. I, um, I picked up some solventless stuff from Dogman Troop over the weekend and like, I, I smoked a solventless diamond and I was high for like five hours. Like that shit never happens. But like, <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, so that was super cool. But um, I don't know. My one, when people say that solventless is cleaner, I feel like they always think that there's like a ton of BHO in whatever you're smoking. So if it's like purged correctly, you actually inhale more butane, like flicking a lighter in front of your face than you would from dabbing like, I don't actually know how much, but like a shitload of BHO. So that's one of the things that it's not like you're like exposing yourself unnecessarily to like some chemical. I mean, obviously you're exposing yourself to it a little bit, but it's not in an amount that's like. At the moment, I have some Dabsmith's THCA, which was derived from uh, Blueberry Stomper and it was grown in house. So shout out to Dabsmith's. We're going to do one of those sequence uh, cold dabs. Yeah, they're cold star dabs. I just saw somebody do one of those the other day, and I was kind of impressed. I was impressed. I was like, holy shit, this is, like, really fucking smart. And you can taste the difference. So I like that while you do a cold start dabs, so you put your, your wax in the bowl, and then you start heating it up. You can start hitting it when it starts to vaporize, and you'll first get the lowest temperature volatiles, like the really, really volatile terpenes. So you get tons of flavor at first. And then the, the cannabinoids start kicking in. You get all the THC and all that stuff afterwards. It's a really different experience. Oh, it's like, it's like taking a ride. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, it's the best. That's like the principle behind short path distillation. Like, it, you know, pulling different things out at different temperatures. So, like, right, that totally right. makes sense. That's smart. I cough way less when I do this, dude. I like haven't coughed out of it at all. So I really, really appreciate it. And my old fucking lungs definitely appreciate it. 100%. I think it's better. You know, lower temperature is better in general. It's safer. It's easier on your lungs and on your throat and all of that stuff. Well, we know that terpenes are part of the effect. And if you have the opportunity to preserve what you've taken so long to put in there through growing environment, knowledge, everything else, why do you want to just burn those off? I mean, give it a thought. Yeah. <laughs> I have to think that when you drop a dab in like a, you know, five or 600 degree banger that you're going to lose a lot of the terpenes before you can get them. But who knows? I will cough my eyeballs out if I absolutely try to drop it in at some max temperature like that. 
You know, that's the cool thing. Like, a bunch of people actually do know, like, what's the ideal temperature. You know what I mean? That's shit that you weirdos can send in my DM. It's like information like oh and we know like yeah i've got a buddy that's like you know thc vaporizes at 310 degrees fahrenheit you know and then there you go and i'm like but remember when you put your dab cap on there it's under vacuum so you gotta do some calculations now (laughs) then we we get our glasses out and calculators and shit yeah fuck that just message me and tell me what (laughs) bro i'm not getting out the sliding rule no now you know why i do cold start have you seen those things? It's like a little thermometer that you put underneath your banger that tells you like the exact temperature of it. I've seen. I haven't seen those, but I've seen the bangers that have the like um, colored sand in them that changes colors as the temperature oh, changes. Oh, that's so sweet. I think that that like changes too subtly that I'm like, you know, it like changes too slowly that I can't tell when it's like actually that different. You know what I mean? I don't like those things. It's like a Fucking seeing yeah. a puzzle or something. And Dude, before I'm blind, I'm fucked. Yeah, because it's like yeah. ah, coral to like off white, slightly pink. You know yeah. what I mean? And you're like, which this at which point? This is the exact reason why you don't use pH strips to test your water. Right here is because <laughs> I was just thinking that it's like a pH strip. Yeah, this is the reason that they talk about that is because it varies quite a bit. Shout out to Blue Labs pens. Yeah, hook me up with some of those pens. That'd be great. You know, the thing is, is it's it's actually a really smart investment. And I'm going to tell you why. You can go on eBay and you can go on Amazon and you can pull something out of your ass for 17 bucks. You can. And you know what? You might even be able to get it to calibrate right. And you could even calibrate it every time before you use it. But it's (laughs) not long lasting. It's not going to last forever. Dude, I've had this blue lab for five years. As long as you keep it clean and calibrated, you're good to go. It's fully waterproof. It even tells you the water temperature if you're like totally wanting to geek out on that side of things. Well, the key to these things is to keep the thing wet all the time. Always. Keep it in a shot glass always. I do. I actually have a large lake beer lager glass that I keep both of my probes in. And change that scuzzy fucking water every once in a while, you lazy fuck. Dang. Somebody flinched out tag, there. Somebody man. flinched. Yeah, man. <laughs> I looked behind me, but you weren't there. So so tell me, Kate, what do you want to talk about? Like, we've kind of talked about a whole bunch of shit so far. But, like, what is a passionate thing that you, you know, you can rip the mic out of somebody's hands and go, you know what? Here's what I want to say. Here's what? What? What are you passionate about? What do you want to talk about? We've talked about a lot of different things so far, but what's something that you're still itching to get into as a topic? Uh, we haven't talked about edibles yet. I like edibles a lot. That's been a good, a good thing for me. Do you, do you make butter? Uh, I don't really make butter ever. Um, I mean, so... I mostly medicate with like wax or distillate. So, um, I mean, you like start baking by like, I mean, to get the most like even consistency or whatever, or do you know what I'm talking about? Like to make sure that the medication is spread evenly throughout it. Is edibles what you're uh, into now? You talked about that earlier as something you were passionate about or getting into. Um, yeah, I mean, I make like a little house line edibles for a company. So 
that's been really cool. Like they had existing products that they wanted me to make, but I also have free, free reign kind of to make other things. And to be honest, I haven't, uh, I have like a love hate relationship with edibles. Like they pay me my bills and I enjoy making them, but then you're like, Oh my God, another fucking pan of rice, crispy treats, you know? So it's very like, or like, um, I don't know. So I, I enjoy doing that, but I don't always take advantage of that opportunity as much as I should, I guess. Like it comes and goes for me. Like I, I enjoy the baking process and stuff and I enjoy like doing to do, like getting to do more creative things, but the, like the mass production of stuff kind of gets like tedious, you know what I mean? Or like whatever, like yeah. so for at the cannabis cup, I made like a couple um, pies and like, that was super cool. Cause it was like, shit that not a lot of other people were doing like they were thousand milligram pies and like actually on the way in we dropped one and so i like gave it to the dudes at the booth next to us um and so like i don't know i love, love hearing feedback on like people that like my edibles like that's just super cool so the next day they were like oh man we all got so fucked up from that and like <clears throat> i don't know i had our friend of our show uh spartan grown really liked your skittles and he wanted to know about your Skittles that you made. He got them from you at one of the events. Yeah, so that was a, like a collaboration between Double D Organic and me. Um, he had, he was following this chick <clears throat> who was making them and he had like asked her a couple times for like the tech on how to do it and she wouldn't really, I think she gave him tech on how to freeze dry them but not on how to like medicate them. Um, so he bought a freeze dryer, but actually like in the harvest rate manual, it tells you how to freeze dry a Skittle. So it's not like some big secret. Um, and then brought him to me and was like, yo, you want to figure out how to medicate these? And, um, it was like our entry in the cup. Uh, yeah, they're, they're good. They're like the freeze dried Skittles are weird. So freeze drying them removes all the moisture from them. <clears throat> so like most of them will kind of like pop open so then like the inside that's normally like chewy gets kind of like it's like you bite it and it crunches apart and then it gets chewy after you <clears throat> chew on it for a second so it like rehydrates in your mouth a little bit they're pretty good um and they they seem to get people pretty fucked up like i got a, a bunch of messages after the cut from people being like i ate five of them which would be like i don't know maybe 30 or 40 milligrams depending on how holy big shit yeah, and be like, I ate five of them, got so fucked up, and it's like, badass, you know? Yeah, that kind of feedback is the best. Sure. And I feel very strongly that, like, candy is not medicine. So, like, yes, they're medibles, and yes, they can still help you medicinally, you know what I mean? But it's not, I kind of like doing the things like that that are, like, fun, recreational things, because it's less of a, um... You, you have more freedom with, like, the ingredients you can use and stuff, you know what I mean? Less, I don't want to say less of a responsibility, but if you're saying I'm making candy, it's more of, like, a fun product than, like, I'm making Fico or something, you know what I mean, where it has to be um, right, right. medicinal quality or not saying that recreational ones shouldn't also be, but you know what I mean? For sure. I like the ability to do different stuff with edibles. Like we made uh, jerky for a while. And part of that was like, we would go to shows and I would have the same, like here's a gummy with nerds on it. Here's some brownies. Here's some Rice Krispie treats. 
and like I didn't have a name for myself yet. You know what I mean? Like nobody knew who I was. <clears throat> so I occasionally got recognized as like the chick that won Dab Wars, but that was like about it. You know what I mean? So I had to like, I started thinking about it like, what kind of stuff would I be like, ooh, I'll try that if I saw it, even though I didn't know who the person was. You know what I mean? So that's what um, Dee had suggested jerky to me. So I tried that and like that was super popular um, doing the medicated jerky at events. And then um, the Skittles were something that like he wanted to try. So we made them and then other people were super interested in them. So it's like, it's again, it's like a fun creative outlet to be able to be like, know using some of my domestic skills yeah and it, it seems like edibles give you a good outlet to be creative because you have to be creative to like you said to stand out and get noticed and make a name for yourself and all that stuff if you're just another table selling brownies it's kind of hard to do that yeah absolutely and having things that are like consistently good and you know that you want to eat the whole thing. You know what I mean? Like so many metables are like, like this fucking gigantic hundred milligram brownie. You know what I mean? And you're like, I don't want to eat the whole thing because it's just too much. So like figuring out how to like dose things appropriately and stuff, like it's a good, it's a good little puzzle, I guess. <laughs> well, that's why I like the concept of the Skittle because I know that I'm not going to need more than five basically. So especially if you are dealing with any kind of intestinal issues or nausea, the last thing you want to do is try to scarf down some humongous, you know, hand-sized piece of brownie to medicate. Yeah, exactly. Like, I make, like, the little nerds gummy things because uh, that was, like, the first edible that I ever tried making, honestly, because somebody asked me to. Um, so I kept making those because I make them, like, relatively small squares, but I make them 150 milligrams. So people would be like, I can eat like a tiny bite of it and I'm like good for a while. You know what I mean? So like, I don't know. I, I do like the amount of feedback that you get on stuff from people like when you're doing stuff right. You know what I mean? Um, people will show you a lot of support for like the, the things that they like or the things that you should keep doing. I agree. I mean, you could just as easily, I mean, if you wanted to be weird about it, you could just be munching on bud that's been decarbed as medicine if you really wanted to. But I mean, you don't see people running out there doing that. They want to taste things. They want to enjoy things. They like novelty. They like fun. I want to see someone dipping some bud in the line for the cup. Some chaw, man, some red man. I guess that'd be called green man. <laughs> Um, oh, but like Skibble, you asked earlier about the powdered stuff on my. Yeah, I'm fascinated by that because I, I hadn't seen it before I seen your post, and then I was like, I went directly to the comments because I'm like, well, I'm not going to ask a stupid question on air. I'm going to try to figure this shit on my own so I can sound smart. Negative Ghost Rider. I just so know it's not smokable. That's all I know from the, the comments. It's sprinkleable on food, but not smokable or snortable. Uh, so not snortable. Well, I don't know. Somebody could try it. I wouldn't advise it though. Um, oh, but so that powdered cannabis stuff is, uh, I was looking at ways of having stuff that would like keep longer or whatever. And I also make myself like, oatmeal for in the morning. That's like 
lower dosed milligrams. So I was looking at a way to like medicate that that wasn't like you obviously can't just put like little chunks of wax or shit in there, you know, you know, like drizzle distill it into it. So like how to get it in, how to get into things that are like dry that you'll get wet later. You know what I mean? So then, so that not only will it like get wet and incorporate, but it then won't separate back out. So a bunch of the stuff that I have learned how to do in the cannabis industry has come from this online forum called future 4200, um, which is like a really good source of information. If you are fine reading websites, um, I just started getting into this website because uh, I'm really, really, really interested in extraction and jealous of what you get to do and stuff like that. <laughs> so that's one of the websites I've started to get into lately. I'm looking it up on my phone right now. Thank you for the breadcrumb. Absolutely. It's super cool. It's um, There's a lot of information on there. So sometimes it's hard to find what you're looking for just because there's so much other stuff. You know what I mean? So it's one of the things you just have to familiarize yourself with, like, the the way that that website operates. It was super overwhelming to me for, like... Yeah. As a new user, you don't even know all the acronyms and stuff like that. It's like reading... uh, It's like reading a different language at first. Absolutely. Um, But, yeah, so I found instructions on there on how to make, basically, powdered cannabis, and you just take... um, distillate and basically mix it with tapioca maltodextrin which is like uh powdered tapioca essentially and then sieve it until it's powdered again and then it will reincorporate into stuff like i would i test it in coffee and like um uh, lemonade and stuff and it's um it's less oily than I need the shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's pretty cool, but I haven't played around with different amounts of because you can't mix straight distillate with it. That's it's too thick, so you have to like cut cut the distillate down basically with like MCT oil or hemp seed oil or whatever your preferred agent is. And then mix that back in. So I haven't had, I guess, a cause really to play with like different ratios of oil to distillate. Or I'm pretty sure you could do it with wax too. I don't know why you couldn't. But yeah, so it's just, it was like an idea that I had. I don't know. I like the information sharing part of Instagram. I think that. It's like a really good way to get a lot out of it. I know that, um, like I post a lot of memes and dumb shit, but I get a lot of information from there too. And when I have information, I like sharing it. Although I do think it is, there's so much ego involved in a lot of this stuff that it's hard sometimes to like put, to put your information out there and say like, this is my opinion because everybody has their own opinions that are so strong that it's like, you know what I mean? People are quick to, call you out if, yeah if you think and no matter what your method is it's a wrong one in someone else's eyes you know if you're a salt yeah. grower the, the organic guy doesn't like it or if you're an organic guy the salt guy doesn't like it or if you prune that leaf somebody doesn't like it you know all that yep. stuff here's what i would say i've said it before but it, it bears repeating is i was a dog trainer for years and i used to teach people and i would stand up there and i would say look man 
the only thing two dog trainers can ever agree upon is that a third one is doing it completely fucking wrong. And I feel like there's a there's an element of of an echo chamber that occurs on Instagram and other forms of social media. I will say, Kana Kate, that when we were telling people that we were gonna um, interview you. We had so many people that were saying the first thing they said about you was that you had the funniest Instagram page that they follow. Oh, that's cool. I'm like the youngest of four kids. So I think I like, I think I'm the entertainer. If that's, you know, anything about sibling categorization or whatever. The precocious one. Yeah, I just, um, I don't know. It's fun. Like I get good feedback from it and. I think I'm funny. I think, you know, I can fucking crack myself up. <laughs> oh, yeah, we both agree on that, man. <laughs> That's part of the thing about this as well is that, okay, you are an edible maker. Uh, you work in extracts. You're a grower and everything else. But you're also a part of this community. And it's it's how you integrate with others that goes a long way towards sometimes not only unlocking opportunities, but also unlocking that guarded information that people don't want to put out there like that. You know, I, I don't know. There's something to that. The first time that I ever got recognized from Instagram, I'm pretty sure was by organic mechanic. And I was like walking into the cup, I think. And he was like, the kid of Kate. And I was like, what? Like, it was so weird to me that that was, like, happening. You know what I mean? That, like, somebody from Instagram recognized me enough to, like, fucking yell my name in public. But it was super cool. And, like, another time, um, oh, yeah. these girls, like, in the bathroom at uh, Vehicle City Social were like, oh, my God, is that really her? Yeah, it's her. So it was just, like, it's cool to be, like, recognized. And it's cool to have people that are, like interested in the shit that i'm doing you know what i mean like that's super weird to me but like 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 i'm always like but that's really the, that's the cannabis community giving back to you and sequence yeah. and i talk about you know you have to be able to recharge your batteries and you know trying to be a positive person there can be negative drains on you and it's the things that you do to recharge your battery and the community can be that for you sure skilbo has had the pleasure of bumping into fans of the show at his local grow store <laughs> oh really yeah i mean it's cool too when people recognize me like the other day i met up with a dude about extracting and um uh Montreal 420 was with him and he was like kate and like i didn't recognize him because and that's the other thing so people will recognize me because i put my face on my instagram but like a lot of you dudes don't so it's like you know the big i saw you at this show i'm like oh i don't you know and like when you're working shows there's so much like adrenaline and shit that you've done and you've you've had like so much shit leading up to it that it's like hard to like be in the moment when you're there. You know what I mean? So like attending shows has definitely been more fun for me than working them um, in the sense of like interacting with people. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. You've got to see a billion faces at a show. Yeah. And it's hard to like put Instagram names with faces. You know what I mean? I agree. Especially if, if you don't have any idea what the person looks like until you see them at a show and you're like, oh, that's not what I expected for whatever reason. You know what I mean? Yeah, I felt embarrassed at first that someone came up and talked to me and I and they were like, I'm so-and-so. And I was like, oh, shit, okay. But, you know, I feel like I should know people. But you're right. If, if they don't put themselves out there, then 
you know, I can't be too hard on myself. Sure. Or like, I feel bad about DMs sometimes, but like, <clears throat> I don't know, I'll post like 30 memes in a day and, and I'll get like, like fucking 30 people responding to like half of them, <laughs> you know what I mean? Not that much really, but like, <clears throat> I get bombarded with DMs sometimes. So I feel bad. Like, it's not that I don't want to talk to people or whatever ever, or not that I don't want to be connected, but I also like, it's hard to remember like this person's Instagram name and the conversation I was having with them about this fucking meme I posted three days ago, you know what I mean? So I do feel bad that I'm not super great at communicating with people always on Instagram, but it's just, it's a lot sometimes. <laughs> well, it, it, it comes from who you are and you want to give everybody all of the attention, but the bigger you get, the harder it is to do that for sure. And like, it's just like you start to build like actual relationships with people. You know what I mean? Like you go to shows and you meet people that you kind of interact with on Instagram and then you're like, oh, I have more of a connection with them. So like, I want to be able to respond to them more. You know what I mean? I'm more interested in what they're doing, but like you only have so much time to do shit and so much, I don't, I only have so much brain space to work with, you know, that it's like, it's hard to like stay in touch that sounds so stupid but like you know what I mean to like keep up with that and everybody has so much shit going on all, all the time you know so it's like hard to keep up with like what everybody's doing and where everybody's going like like you guys keep being like yeah you do extracting and edibles and whatever else you mean like I have so much shit going on it's hard to keep up with like what my Instagram buddy is doing you know but it's cool and yeah. it's fun that people like share their private lives and stuff you know what I mean like it's a good way to have human connection when you're not a super social person, which I think a lot of people in this community have like anxiety and they have, you know, things that make them not want to be real public. And it's a good way to like socialize still with people that you feel safe with or comfortable with. That is until you meet that person that comes up and says, well, you know, I posted that last week. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know, man. Sorry. Well, the, the nice thing about meeting people at events is you meet people that share the same views as you. So they're there for the same reason you're there. They want to smoke or they want to see the same show you want to see. So it's a lot easier to do it, you know, what you do, Canicate, and do small talk with people, you know, because you share common interests about whatever band you're, is there or whatever you're smoking on. You can chat easily. Yeah, I think, though, too, a lot of the people, like, I think a lot of people go to events just to socialize with other people. It's not necessarily like the music that's there or the vendors, you mean like obviously getting medicine is one of the things that they want to do. But I think it is like, actually, I think the first time I met Eagle was at uh, vehicle city. And he's like, I just came up here to like, check it out and say hi to people. You know what I mean? And then he came back up to me and he's like, the music's too fucking loud. I gotta go. And I was like, yeah, but don't blame you. So like he came there just to socialize, you know? And I think that, for a lot of the people in this community that are kind of like fucking socially awkward like i am and like most of my friends are it's it's a good way to like safely interact you know well we're loving the way that these new events the last few that we've been to have had these uh, like central gathering places with tables and coverings and shit because that is what we go for is i mean that that's what this whole show is founded on is just sequence and i 
meeting other cool people along the way doing this show for Michigan, man. And so you're right. We do make more friends and we do get more involved in their lives. And that starts to eat up time from other things. And, you know, it, it can become a whirlwind. And well, it, and you're also right that we go to events just to socialize with people. We go to events just to stand around in a big ass circle and wave you over, wave over other people that we recognize, share our stuff with them. Like you got to smoke the strains that I grew. You didn't even know it because we didn't actually talk at that at that circle. But right. uh, but that's what it's all about for us. You know, we go to the events just to do that. We don't go to, you know, hit up all of the vendors and all of that stuff necessarily. It's it's really like the old deadhead days of like the you know the tailgate party shit. You know what I mean? There's like the show, but there's the pre-show. Yeah, and it really was like I went to summer burnout just to see people. Like, you know what I mean? Um, just yeah, you weren't I working. Was for a while, and then I hadn't been to some for a minute. So like, I I literally had to work that afternoon. I went for like two hours, in and out. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing some of your time with us. Yeah, absolutely. Every show we ask people if they want to do any shout outs before we sign off. We want to give them a chance to basically just shout people out, you know, pay homage to somebody else that's put you on or helped you out or that's doing something. Let me think about all the people I want to say thank you to. Do you want to talk about dudes in this industry or however you want to transition into that? <clears throat> now that <laughs> think about it. I don't remember how yeah, I'm, you were talking about it when I came back downstairs. I liked. Yeah, my my question, I guess, is um, what kind of, or how, I guess, specifically, how has being a female affected your journey through this industry? Like, I'm sure there's pluses and I'm sure there's minuses, you know. So, where where do those things come in? As a fem being a female affected my journey. Um, so, I would say, if I'll just do this, here's what it seems like to me. It would seem like it has opened some doors, but it's also erected some hurdles along the way. I had a sick of bong rip. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's one of those things like there are, there have definitely been advantages that have been brought up because I'm female. You know what I mean? Like, I've had opportunities to do things. People have been interested in me. People have been nice to me, whatever. Um, so, like, I appreciate that most of the time, and that's fine. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's just one of, it's like, how life works, you know? But there is stuff, like, when I won the Dab Wars, um, I got just weird-ass DMs being, like, who's, who's your boyfriend? Like, were you selling his stuff? Or, like, whose company were you repping? You know what I mean? Um, um, at one of the first events that I went to, I had a dude come up to me and be like, you could be a medicated model. And I was like, but they didn't actually think that you were, um, producing your own product and stuff like that. Oh, there was a bunch of people that, that basically thought, oh, that's cool. But who, who really made it, you know? Yeah. Um, you're just, you're just standing here kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Which whatever I get, or like, I get the question a lot. Like, do you make the edibles? Like, yep, and I make everything else too, you know what I mean? Um, but, I mean, and I can't really knock that like You gotta take a selfie behind a bunch of closed loop systems and uh, put it on your Instagram. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'll definitely <laughs> have to step my picture game up. Um, 
it's one of those things that you want to be kind of secretive about, but whatever. I also like I'm not <laughs> big on the like selfie thing. I didn't I don't know. It's not not my thing a lot. I'm kind of like a perpetual tomboy, I guess. Or like I don't know, I call it rat mode that I operate in most of the time where I'm not super done up or anything else. But um yeah. It's interesting. I think one of the things that's been maybe different for me being a female in this industry is like, I do put a lot of like, I like I share dirty memes. I obviously have like kind of a messed up sense of humor. You know what I mean? Like I joke around a lot. And I think that that sometimes makes people think that they have permission to be like extra creepy towards me. You know what I mean? So I think that I do get a little bit more like weird shit than other people might. Um, Oh, that's fucking lame. <laughs> but uh, you know, I I get it in some sense. I'm trying to think of how to follow that up. Say, so, yeah, I know I asked the question, and I'm supposed to follow up, but I'm kind of digesting the facts, you know, or whatever. Um, well, yeah, because like when she says that people think that that gives them license to be extra creepy, I'm over here, you know. Obviously, I have a push to talk thing on this mic, and I said out loud in the room, "I'm like, oh, come the fuck on, man." You know what I mean? Like, I I don't know. I get it. I get it. I just disagree with it. Well, it's the old whole, the old don't, you know, be careful what you wear, you know, all that stuff. Old school ways of thinking, I guess. Yeah, exactly. And there's also a lot of, like, when I first decided to make a little brand for myself to start going to, um start going to events there was like a guy that had taken me to see a facility which was like super cool and i had like discussed the idea of doing a brand with him but then i did like an instagram post thanking some people for helping me like actually get shit going and he like got super pissed at me like the you know the memes about like the nice guy you know what i mean like um like blew my phone up with text messages about how ungrateful I was for all the stuff he had done for me. And I think that there's like a weird expectation that comes along with it sometimes too. Like not every female in this industry is like a poor helpless girl looking for handouts and stuff. You know what I mean? Like a lot of us are really capable of doing all this shit on our own. Um, we're just not as experienced with it. You know what I mean? So I would absolutely much rather have people like, teach me stuff than give me stuff or share information with me than anything else. But it's, um, yeah, I think you guys, I heard you guys talking about how there's still very like old fashioned senses of belief about like, you know, what females can do and stuff. And I think that some of the most, the people that I respect the most in this community are some of the females that are out there doing stuff. I like this show. This has been good. Like, I, I, feel like, I feel like we've covered a lot of ground. And at the same time, we've had like a real talk. Not just the, hey, what are you smoking? Hey, what are you growing? Hey, what are you, you know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah, it's like that, that person to person, you know, it's that connection. Yep, I like that. I like that it was different than, you know, what are you growing today? What are you smoking today? Uh, have a 
a good day. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I have no problems covering that because, you know what? I always like to know what the people I'm, like, trying to glean information from. Like, if I think you're a good grower and I know that you're growing this and this is what you're smoking and you're saying it's good, that's one of those, like, leafly breadcrumbs to me that says, hey, I might want to go check that strain out. Good looking out, man. Thanks. But we like to dive a little bit deeper um, because this is really a community-based show. We have a community-based listenership, and, you know, I love it. I love giving back to them, and I love what they give to us. Yeah, I definitely hope I didn't ramble too much about shit. And I made sense all the time. I, like, lose track of what I'm talking about a lot. Um, I do, too. That means you're smoking the good stuff. <laughs> right? I think you're cut from the same cloth as us. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Her and I personalities are matched a lot. Like she talked about having kind of a mean sense of humor. I pick on all the people on the show. Skillbo can attest to that. Not everybody gets it, you know. But you have to ah. be able to take jokes back, you know. Yeah, but that's the thing is you don't get butt hurt when we come back at you. Like this week in the this week in the DMs, you know how I, he's always on this Calmac kick. That's like the fucking panacea cure <laughs> for all things, right? So I hit him with the ancient aliens, dude. You know how he's always saying, like, aliens. I just had one that said Calmag on it. Broke his ass up. Perfect. I think it's funny because I, I'm the person that communicates through memes with people. I fucking love tying in weird, stupid shit. And I've got so many saved on my phone. It's, like, shameful to a degree. But I'm quick with them, man. Like, I know exactly what I got. Reaction memes, baby. That's where it's at. Like barely works because I have so many memes saved on it. For sure, the GIF game. I, and see, that's the thing that pisses me off about IG. I have so many great GIFs to drop, but you get stuck using right, their bullshit. Channel. They have that bullshit portal to Giphy in there that you're like, "Come on, Giphy, I know you have the shit because I got it somewhere else from you." You're like, uh -huh. "Come on, give up the graves, bro." Uh huh. You got a note to search. <laughs> like if you search the word "chick." There's a gif of a girl having, like, 50 hot dogs thrown at her face. It's <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite ones to use. But you got to know that you have to search the word chick and not, like, a hot dog. You know what I mean? Yeah, you have, to, you have to know. It's like cheat codes. You got to know to search, you know, whatever dumbass word it is to find the gif. Mm -hmm. I also have to say that I am super grateful that this was not filmed and just recorded because I definitely thought it was filmed after watching the grow show one on YouTube. Um, well, that's something to discuss here. And we've talked about it before. Sometimes we feel like people know us for one thing and not the other. So there are people that only listen to the podcast. This, this is the only thing they listen to. And that's cool. We appreciate it. And then there's another sector another demographic, I should say, that only knows us from the live streams on YouTube Sunday nights at nine. And sometimes we have people that cross over and become just general fans of the show, but it's it's interesting, the crossover there. It's cool. I think part of it's gotta be like how people consume their media, you know what I mean? Like That's what we feel, is that there's, there's definitely, there's a market for both and there is a huge call for it. I mean, there are so many great cannabis podcasts out there that I don't even want to get into listing names and the same thing for YouTube. That's where I learned how to grow from. I didn't learn from podcasts. I learned from watching a lot of the OGs, you know, uh, a, a while ago. So I, 
I really got into that and I really enjoyed a lot of the live streams in the cannabis community that before they had the great purge. So when the opportunity came along to, you know, be involved in one, I jumped at it. And then when the opportunity came to create this, I jumped at it. And here we are. And I think that there's so much more to making like making content, if that's what you want to call it or whatever, and doing than like making fucking videos of yourself taking bong hits and stuff you know what i mean like people have people are doing interesting shit in this community and i like the people that are putting that out there rather than they're like smoking videos you know what I mean? not to knock that completely but kind of you know <laughs> you know as i said i guess it's it's that focus on community you know some people focus only on growing some people only focus on extracting some people only focus on whatever you know what i mean but but we like to always bring it back to what we focus on, which is the Michigan cannabis community. I feel like I got to plug the show really fucking well right there. There you go. Advertisements. You got to sprinkle them in the middle of the podcast so people don't know where to fast forward. <laughs> they don't cut out at the end. <laughs> so I have no idea how long we've been on here. I just know what time it is. So we had talked before and you had said, this is like an hour, right? <laughs> we've got more than an hour's content and it doesn't even feel like it really. Yeah, I'm sorry for how long. Do not have. apologize. I love it when we can get them to go secretly. I like it when they're two hours, man. I like to have a genuine conversation and I love learning and I love listening. I love doing this show and I love that you came on and said, you know what? I'm going to go shine a little bit with these two clowns and uh, have a good time. Yeah, this was super cool. Earlier today, I was like looking through your previous guests and shit. And I was like, I wonder what they want to talk to me about, but like, it's cool as shit. You know what I mean? And it's one of those things that like, I don't really understand ever the like fan base that I have, if I want to call it, or like the supporters that I have, you know what I mean? It's like confusing, but wonderful. Like I appreciate everybody, but I don't, um, I don't know. It's, it's weird. You know what I mean? To like get recognized. Well, you, well, you're, yeah. You're swimming in it. So you don't get to see it you know, from the same angle, but you do have a lot of people that, that follow you and laugh at all of your shit every day. And they wanted me to tell you that you have the funniest feed they follow. Eagle is real particular in saying that your feed is hilarious and you're always following weird <laughs> shit and he likes that. So uh, keep up the good work. Yeah, thanks. And thank you for coming on here and sharing some laughs with us and all of that. I've really enjoyed myself. Yeah, thank you for having me. I don't remember which one of you was it that I was talking to earlier that i was like it's super cool that i'm preparing like to go on a web webinar. it was me that shit was fucking hilarious man you want to <laughs> go ahead and go ahead and say that on the air because it was priceless i gotta remember how i phrased it something like uh i'm excited i got you getting ready to do a webcast to do a grow show and not cam porn <laughs> you said i'm excited to be setting up a webcam to be doing a podcast rather than a strip cam. And I fucking lost my <laughs> shit. I was going to work too. I was like, this is going to be a good fucking show, man. Hey, everybody's got a hustle. Uh, <laughs> uh, because I do, I get questions like that. Somebody uh, last week was like, can't you like do like a premium snap? And I was like, do you know what that is? Like, why the fuck would you say that to me? You know what I mean, like, no, I don't want to masturbate on 
camera for five dollars a month from fucking weirdos you know what i mean like it's definitely a thing in this industry how little how little do you value your self-respect or dignity it's one of those i can't even say that it's not that you don't if you do that kind of stuff you mean like everybody has their own thing like it's not even that i'm like not comfortable showing my body it's always like what would my parents think if they saw this you know what i mean like i have a different sense of I don't want to say modesty, but modesty maybe than some other people. But it's also not like I don't like I posted a video of me shaking my butt on Instagram. Like it's not like I don't do stuff. It's like slightly attention. You're not Victorian Kate. No, exactly. But um, I'm also not like posting pictures in my underwear. You know what I mean? Not like I dislike the women that do. It's just not my style or not my. I don't know. Honestly, my fear is like, what happens when you turn 40 and that doesn't work anymore? You know what I mean? Like, what a sad day when your feminine wilds no longer work for you. I think that's why I avoid it. Like, my appearance is the least interesting thing about me because it changes. You know what I mean? Definitely. Step up your personality. (laughs) Now, when your looks leave you, whether you're a man or a woman, what's somebody else going to be left with? Uh Uh-huh. But I feel like looks are far less important for men. Like, you can be a fucking troll and, like, still make a girl laugh and have a pretty good shot. You know what I mean? Be funny and have the gift of gab. <laughs> exactly. Do we want to do any uh, shout-outs? We've got a couple sprinkled in here. Oh, I don't know. Wee Woo has helped me a ton. Um, his buddy Ghost Breath is helping me come up with a new grow method right now to try a couple plants with to maybe fix my overwatering addiction is I think what he called it. Um, absolutely like Eagle for calling me out to you dudes and introducing me. Um, and really like Spartan and Abolish and all of you guys for being so cool at uh, the summer burnout and for inviting me on here. Um, like Organic Mechanic and Pokes That Bear are always my favorite people to see at shows. Double D's been my partner in a bunch of stuff. I always appreciate him, Wolverine Grown. Um, all my girls that are doing stuff in this industry, like Tokahannis and Deb, um, Olivia's Dimension, and Maddie, and all the ones that I can't remember right now or don't know how to pronounce your Instagram name. Oh, um, and all my people at my like regular job. If you're listening. I love you too. Appreciate all of you. Everyone forgets someone. Don't worry. Uh, I feel bad. <laughs> Probably. I'll think about it later and be like, oh, I should have said hi to whoever. You've smoked so much during this whole podcast. Somebody needs to cut you a little break. I have. Earlier when I was like, can I take a minute to think about that question? And then right before I started talking, I did this huge bong rip. And like all of my composed thoughts just like whooshed out of my brain. I want to take a second and give a shout out to Tom from MySpace. That's all. One of my followers has the Tom from MySpace icon as his picture. <laughs> I love it. I guess what I would say is never judge a book by its cover. If you want to go far in this industry, base your opinions upon someone else's merit of what they've done. Look at what they do. Look at the way that they interact with other people. And basically give people maybe not the benefit of the doubt, but give them a fair shake. You know, we're all in this thing together. And you just don't lose sight of that. Shout out to the ladies. Shout out to the ladies. Shout out to the Can of Kate for coming on here. You can find her at the Can of Kate on Instagram in her premium Snapchat. (laughs) 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 
You've been listening to the Michigan Bros Grow Show. Have a good night. <laughs>